Welcome to Alum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your host, John Lovering, and I thank you for listening to this podcast. You are the only reason I do this. Lucille Ball and Richard Denning were perfect foils for one another in My Favorite Husband. It was an extremely popular uh, sitcom program aired by CBS from 1948 to 1951, producing 124 episodes. Looking at the playlist of My Favorite Husband on Heirloom Radio, I noticed that the last episode I posted was entitled Young Matrons League Play Tryouts from October 2, 1948, when Liz Cougat, Lucy, tried out for a part and a play which was directed by actor Hans Conried. She got the part, George didn't know it, but based on the number of listeners who have selected to hear that program, I decided you'd like to hear the episode that was aired on October 9, 1948, a follow-up episode to that October 2nd show, and it's entitled Young Matrons League Play, when we get to hear the result of Liz's adventure. George finds out that Liz is in the Young Matrons League Play and finds a clever way to surprise her. By the way, this episode was aired before the characters' names were changed from Cougat to Cooper because of a threatened legal action by band leader Xavier Cougat with the show using his last name. It was also just before Jello came on aboard as a sponsor of the show and before B. Benedirette and Gail Gordon, who was Mr. Conklin and our Miss Brooks, played the roles of the Atterberries, that's George's boss and his wife, Iris. At this time, the show was referred to as being sustained by CBS, which means they were paying the bills and hoping a sponsor would come on board. Jello filled the need and stayed with the show until it ended on the radio in 1951. So without further delay, here is the October 9th program of My Favorite Husband as Heirloom Radio rebroadcasts the CBS Radio Network show from 1948. Starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Oh, Mrs. Cougat. Um, pardon me, Mrs. Cougat. What'd you say? Wait a minute, Katie, I get this cotton out of my ears. Why, Mrs. Cougat, after all these years, haven't you gotten used to Mr. Cougat singing? No, and I guess I never will. But the neighbors seem to be getting used to it. They haven't sent the police over in a long time. <laughs> Remember the time they sent the police? They thought he was scalding to death. (laughs) Yes, and remember the time he was scalding to death and we wondered why we couldn't recognize the tune? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess he's been in there long enough. Turn the cold water on in the kitchen. All right. You know, since you've discovered that turning on the cold water in the kitchen made the water in the shower turn hot, everything works like clockwork. It does? Absolutely. I just put the eggs on the stove. Turn on the cold water. (laughs) And he gets down here just in time for two four-minute eggs. (laughs) If he ever finds out, he'll murder us. Oh, and speaking of murder, tonight's the night for the Matron's League play. If he discovers I'm playing the lead, you'll be housekeeper for the widower, Cougat. Don't worry, Mrs. Cougat. I have your costume hidden in my closet. And if he happens to see it, I'll say it's mine. Do you think he might wonder why you would dress up in a medieval costume as Lady Alice? Oh, I can explain that, all right. But I hope he doesn't ask me why I need that bustle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't be silly, Katie. You have a very nice figure. We all have a little flesh here and there. 
Yes, but on me. Here runs right into there without stopping. <laughs> oh, that's nonsense. I'll get it. Hello? Hello, uh, Mrs. Krugart? Yes? Uh, this is Mrs. Worthingill, the director of the Young Matron's League Play. Oh. Uh, I never could have guessed who it was. Uh, I trust that you have been practicing your enunciation and your articulation. Oh, definitely. I have been practicing diligently and regularly. Good. I am happy to hear that you are speaking with a more natural quality. Thank you. <laughs> the purpose of my call is to tell you about your costume city. Mm-hmm. Adrian will be at your house at ten o'clock sharp this morning. Adrian? Yes, Adrian La Hoya. Oh. <laughs> Our customer. Oh, well, ten o'clock should be fine. My husband will have left for the bank long before that. Uh, splendid. <laughs> I'll see you tonight. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. I mean, goodbye. Good morning, honey. Oh, good morning, George. Why, George Cougar, look at your clothes. You have on a T-shirt and slacks. Are you going to the bank that way? Oh, didn't I tell you, dear? Mr. Atterbury closed the bank today in memory of one of our depositors. Oh, did he die? Yes, poor fellow. Some stupid employee put fresh points in the pen holders and he dropped dead from the shock. (laughs) George Cougar, you're kidding me. The bank is closed, and I'm going to stay home all day with you. Oh, no. What do you mean, oh, no? I, I mean, it sounds too good to be true. Oh, but I wouldn't think of depriving you of your holiday, George. You run along and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Maybe I better stay home and help you. I don't want you to. Are you sick, Liz? Sick? Yes. Yes, that's it. You make me sick. Huh? What? I mean, I don't feel well. Look at my tongue. Blech. Oh. There's a coat I.J. Fox would be proud of. I'll, I'll call a doctor. No, no, just leave now. I'll be all right. Liz, it's 20 to 10. If you're not better by 10 o'clock, I'm going to call the doctor. If you're still here at 10 o'clock, I'll need a doctor. <laughs> Liz, what's going on around here? Well, George, I'm expecting... Expecting? Liz, why didn't you tell me? Oh, no, no, it isn't what you think, George. It's not going to be a baby. It's not? No, not just to get get everything I said. I'll get over it. Well, how can you get over it? Penicillin. They do wonders with it. (laughs) Oh, that settles it. I'm going to stay home and take care of it. George, baby, I'll only be more nervous if you stay around. Now, Now, go out and enjoy yourself. Play golf. It'll make me feel better. No. I'll go on one condition, that you promise me you'll call the doctor. I promise. It's just a case of nerves, dear. Well, all right. Goodbye. Don't forget your clubs. They're in the hall closet. No, they're not. They're a... Well, I put them out the front door when I came down this morning. Oh. Goodbye, dear. Lady Alice, I'd know you any place. Now, wait a minute, King Arthur. <laughs> My name is not Alice, and I'm no lady. 
I mean, I'm the maid. Lady Alice is in the other room putting on her costume. Show me to her, peasant. This way. The costumer is here, Mrs. Fugard. Lady Alice, I'd know you any place. Where are you? Right behind the screen. Tell me, Adrian, how many petticoats does this costume have? I've already put on twelve. Fifteen petticoats, Miss Cougar. Oh. From the outside one to the iron curtain. And underneath, a pair of knee-length ruffled pants. I feel like a lamb chop. Please walk out here and let me see how it looks. Yes. Oh, yes. I'll have to take off the hem a little. Mm-hmm. And the bustle is much too big. Uh, take it off. It is off. <laughs> Oh, well, put it up, and we'll take a look how the whole costume fits. Huh? It's not too bad. Oh, dear. Oh. What's the matter, Miss Cougar? My husband, he's just pulling into the driveway. Quick, give me my bathrobe. I'll cover up this costume and try to get rid of him. Now, you wait. Here. Hello, Liz. How are you? George, I thought you were playing golf. Oh, how can I play golf when you're sick? Oh, I'm feeling fine now. Liz, look at you. You're sicker than you think. What do you mean? You're all swollen from the waist down. No. Yes. Turn around. Oh. Oh, you're in awful shape. Oh, Dad, I forgot to take it off. What? Oh, and and whose taxi was that waiting out in front? Is the doctor here? Well, I guess so. Oh, what are you trying to keep from me? Tell me, dear. I can take it. Nothing. Then then I'll get it from the doctor. He'll tell me. George, don't go in there. (laughs) Mr. Kugan. Yes, tell me, what's wrong with my wife? Oh, nothing. It's not as bad as it looks. Oh, that's good. <laughs> All I have to do is to take a few inches off her hips and tighten the droop in her back. <laughs> Poor little wife. Yes, you see, her peplum is dragging. <laughs> no. Oh, now, don't worry, George. He knows what he's doing. Well... Where are you going to take it? Oh, no place. Not not even to your office? Oh, no, it's too busy. So many people cutting and stitching all over the place. <laughs> We're going to do it right here. Uh, tell me, Mr. Kugat, have you got any old razor blades? No, you can't do that. Now, it's all right, George. He'll just pin it up here. Pin it up? Yes, then later he'll put it on the machine. It makes a much stronger stitch. It does? Oh, I should say so. Sew it up by hand, and the minute she sits down, the whole thing will split wide open. (laughs) Liz, are you sure this guy knows what he's doing? Certainly. Why, he just got through working on Alice Sturm. Oh, uh, what did he do for Alice? He lowered her neckline and gave her a belt in the back. Send him away, Liz. I'll get Dr. Michelle to take a look at you. No, no, no. Just run along, dear. I'll handle this. I demand to know everything you plan to do with my wife. What do you get so excited about? I'm just going to give her a little more room in the hips. I'll just rip out a little on each side. (laughs) I absolutely forbid it. It's all right, George. He's going to put in a zipper. (laughs) 
I forbid you to lay a hand on my wife. Now, you stay here, dear. I'll, I'll go get Dr. Michelle and bring him right over. And get this quack out of here. George, come back. Oh, where'd I leave the car? Pardon me, but did you just come out of that house? Yes, I did. Is the dressmaker finished yet? There's no dressmaker in there. But I brought him here in my cab. Mr. La Jolla, the costumer. Oh, costumer? thought he was a doctor. Oh, no. He's fitting all the costumes for the young matron's league play tonight. Oh, now I get it. She's going to be in the play. So she thinks she's going to put something over on me. Ha! My wife thought she was putting something over on me, too. Every Monday night, she was having a romantic rendezvous with some guy at the laundromat. But I fixed him good and plenty. Hmm. <laughs> what did you do? I bought her a Bendix. That, that was pretty smart. Yes. Now I don't know where she goes on Monday night. <laughs> you know, this isn't Liz's fault as much as it is that Mrs. Worthington. It isn't? No, and I'm going to go down and give her a piece of my mind. Got. Guess who's in the living room? George with a doctor? No. George with a revolver? No. I'll give you a hint. He's got blonde hair. He wears a bow tie. And when I walk by him, <laughs> he's chubbied my cheek. Corey <laughs> Cartwright. And is he slipping? I'll go in and see him. Hi, Corey. Hello, Liz, dear. Corey, I'm glad you're here. I have a problem of my own. George found out about the play? No, no, but I had to pretend I was sick to get him out of the house while I was getting my costume fitted, and now he's going to get Dr. Michelle. Well, a good checkup won't hurt you. Corey, will you find George and head him off? Tell him I'm feeling all right again. All right. Uh, tell me about your costume, Liz. Is it real scanty with very little there and practically nothing here? My costume has 15 petticoats and knee-length pantaloons. Oh, I'm saving you a seat in the front row. What for? See you later, Liz. Beatrice? Yes, Miss Worthingdale? Oh, the most dreadful thing has happened. Ruggie Rogers just called and says he can't be in the play. Laryngitis. But that wasn't a very large part. He only had one scene in the first act. Oh, yes, but it was so important. Oh, where can we find another man? Oh, there you are. I want to tell you a thing or two. My wife is not going to be in this play tonight, and I told you that. Stop! Stop! Stop. You stand there in the door. Come in, Mr. Barrymore. Barrymore? (laughs) My name isn't Barrymore. Oh, of course, how silly of me. I was carried away. That profile, that noble carriage, that resonant voice. Really? <laughs> Don't move. Let me drink this in. That wavy blonde hair, those white teeth, those flaring nostrils. Oh, you're gorgeous. <laughs> now, please. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. What did you say your name was? Uh, Cougar. George Cougar. Of course. Gorgeous. 
God, you saved my life. One of my actors was that indicted. I was utterly devastated. And then you walked in the door. You will play the part. Oh, this, this is ridiculous. I haven't been in a play since I was in college. Oh, you won't have many lines. Just one scene in which you, as Sir Edward, make passionate love to beautiful Lady Alice. Really? That, that sounds like fun. Yes. You kiss Lady Alice and hold her in your arms. You know, this may be a great idea. <laughs> oh, I'd like to see my wife's face when I play those love scenes. <laughs> you will. She's Lady Alice. Oh, this is wonderful. I'll take the part, Miss Pringle, on one condition. That my wife mustn't know anything about it until she meets me on the stage. Agreed. Uh, now you must rush to see Mr. La Jolla and get fitted for your costume. <laughs> you know why I'm glad you took the part, Mr. Cougar. Because of your cute dimples. You have one on each cheek. Yes, and I, I have two more on my knees. It's a match set. <laughs> George, where have you been, George? I looked everywhere for you. I wanted to tell you Liz is feeling better. Skip it. I found out about the play. You did? Yes, and I'm going to get even with it. Listen, she doesn't know it, but I'm going to play a part in the play. You? Yeah. Who are you trying to get even with, Liz or the audience? Very funny. Say, here's the costumer shop. Come on in with me, Okay. Will you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Oh, Mr. Kogas, Miss Bordingill called me about you being in the play. Here is your costume. This? This is the underwear. Now, where's the costume? This is the costume. A pair of tights. Tights? They're just long underwear without the escape hatch in the back. <laughs> That's pretty corny even from you. I can't wear these. George is allergic to tights. He was doing a quick change on the stage in college once. And when he called for his tights, they thought he said light. <laughs> Or are you worried about your figure, George? There's nothing wrong with my figure. Here, please, try them on. They may be the slightest bit small. Small? Oh, don't be silly. Well, I'll just slip into them. There, they fit perfectly. Yes, but wait till you get them up past your knees. <laughs> oh, oh, these are pretty snug. Oh, I have a 32 waist. Uh, what size are these? 40, medium stout. <laughs> I don't believe it. Please, the costumer is always right. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, ha I have the same figure I had in college. You forgot your stomach, George. What stomach? <laughs> you look like a mantle on Christmas morning. Two lumpy stockings with a basketball on top. <laughs> no way. Would you like to wear a suit of armor? Now you're talking. Where is it? Well, it's not all here. My son has the legs on his car. On his car? Yes, he wanted to have the fanciest twin pipes in town. <laughs> and I tell you what, if I can get the legs back, I'll bring the armor to the place tonight. Mimbaf, you'd better take along the pipes. Yes, I wrap them up for you. No, all right, but, but you get the armor. Well, I'll try. Oh, here, you forgot the girdle. I'll just stuff it into your pocket. <laughs> Oh, that was a delicious dinner. I'll tell Katie you like it. Well, have you any plans for tonight? 
Plans? Mm-hmm. No. No, I don't have any plans. Oh, I thought uh, maybe you'd like to go to that play the Young Matrons League is giving. Oh, whatever made you think that? Oh, I just thought you might. Well, uh, how about a movie? Then? The paper's in my coat pocket. I'll get it. No, dear, let me get it. You just discuss. Hmm, she's gone. I, I'd better duck out for the theater while I have a chance. Here's your coat, George. Where's the... George? George! Did you call Mrs. Cougat? I was looking for George. Where'd he go? I heard someone go out the front door. That's funny. Well, now's my chance to get to the theater. Here, Katie, put this coat back, will you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's this he's got stuffed in his pocket? Well, what's the matter, Mrs. Cougar? George seems to be buying a new paper, the Evening Girdle. (laughs) My goodness, look at the size of that thing. Yes. Apparently, the evening girdle has a very large Sunday supplement. <laughs> what am I laughing at? My goodness, look at the size of that thing. What's it doing in his pocket? My goodness, look at the size of that thing. Oh, stop saying that. No wonder he ducked out of the door. He knew I'd find this. Well, I'm going to wait right here till he comes back and demand an explanation. But you have to get to the theater. Well, you tell him not to go to bed, because when I come home, we're going to have this out. Put up with a lot, but this is the end. Oh, now I'm all upset. Katie, is my nose shiny? Katie, my nose. My goodness, look at the size of that thing. Katie! Curtain going up in five minutes. Five minutes. Curtain going up in five minutes. Mr. Lohi, I'm certainly glad you got here in time with this armor. How do I look in it? Your eyes are beautiful. My eyes? That's all I can see. <laughs> Put down the visor and let's see how it is. Oh, boy, sure is hot in here. Better with the visor up. Oh, here comes your wife. Uh-oh, she mustn't see me. Oh, Rodney, you're wearing armor instead of tights. How nice. Yes, I thought it looked sportier. You better open your visor on the stage. I can't hear a word you're saying. A current affairs and a parallel coming over to call the draw. Oh, well, that's much better. <laughs> we better tell them the play's in English. Oh, Mrs. Cougar. Yes, Miss Worthingale. Oh, I'm so excited. It's time for the curtain to go up. Now, let me get settled down here in front in the prompter's box. Well. Uh, <laughs> everybody. Lady Alice, are you seated in the garden? Yes, Miss Worthingale. Sir Edward, are you waiting in the wings for your entrance? Yes, Miss Worthingale. Good. Ring up the curtain. All right, all right. First line. Uh, Hark, do I hear a footfall? Hark, do I hear a footfall? Methinks I hear the cat-like tread of my lover, Sir Edward. Sir Edward needeth a grease job. <laughs> Cougar. Sir Edward, turn thy face from out the shadows. Lift thy visor and let me look upon the face of my beloved. When I look upon thy face, there is only one word that comes to my lips. George! <laughs> Edward, lift thy visor. Hi, Lady Alice. George Cougar, what was that girdle doing in your pocket? 
What girdle? You know very well what girdle. Please, please, please. You are Lady Alice. Oh. Pretty, tell me. What news bringest thou from the king? You woman. <laughs> His majesty looketh with favor on our betrothal. I don't know what the heck is you are talking thing about. <laughs> Not much of Please, I mean, please. This is your responsibility. Please, please, read the lives of the cave. Hark, hark, I hear approaching men. George Kugat, I will not go on with this play until you answer me. Hark, hark. Liz, are you out of your mind? Hark, hark. All right, now that's enough stalling. Let's have the two. Hark, hark. Will someone throw that dame a fish? I don't understand this, Liz, but if you insist on making a public fight out of it, the least you can do is give me a cigarette. All right, here. Well, give it to me. I did. I stuck it in your visor. You did not. I did, too. I can see the smoke curling out of the top of your helmet. You can. <laughs> Help! Help! I'm on fire! Oh, my flame! I know! Help! This arm is filling up with smoke! Here's a bottle of seltzer! Here, you armor smoke ham! Oh, Liz! How are you coming, Liz? Fine. This is one time I'll bet you're glad I've had so much experience with a can opener. Hmm. Fine armor. It rusted into a one-piece suit. George, before I finish cutting you out of this sardine can, I want to ask you one thing. Hmm. Well, what is it? Are you sure you got that girdle from Mr. La Jolla? Uh, what happens if I say no? You're, you'll be going away for the winter. Where? The Smithsonian Institute. Liz, you're mean. Say, suppose I couldn't get you out of this armor. Oh, that would be awful. Yes, I'd have to kiss you through a straw. My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, was produced for broadcast in the Frankfurt studios of the American Forces Network Europe by Air Force Sergeant Dave Schofield. Specialist Brad Scott speaking. Join us next time for My Favorite Husband.